belts and horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. Hey, and welcome to a free agency edition of Lombardi's Legend Podcast. With me, as always, is Dane. This is Wags. And uh, we are coming off of a weekend with lots of news coming out of Green Bay, uh, particular with a bunch of restructures and then headlined by the free agent signing of Aaron Jones. So, Dane, how are you doing here on a Monday evening? Wags, doing great. Uh, really am. I'm really encouraged by what the Packers have been able to do so far um, Russ Ball, uh, Goody, and others, man, in the Packers front office, uh, you know, they've been working overtime here to, with these restructures. Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, who I didn't, you know, he wasn't even in the conversations I'd seen, uh, was able to do something. The Preston Smith deal, though, was remarkable. The Packers saved the same amount of money, Wags, that they would have if they had cut Preston Smith, and instead, he comes back. Uh, doesn't blow a huge hole at the depth position at edge. I think Preston Smith is going to be primed for a uh, a big season in 2021. And then obviously the big, big news that came on Sunday was Aaron Jones coming back to Green Bay. I'm a little surprised by it. I'm excited, uh, more than excited to see him, though, back. It really makes this offense that much stronger. I'm curious to see what the numbers are in this deal. Uh, but overall deal, it sounds like he's, um, if you're just looking at numbers, he's at like the sixth running back spot um, uh, league-wide. Not a bad deal at all. Uh, now I just want to see where that money lands uh, this year, how much he's counting against the cap. But Wedge, I think the Packers got a bit of a deal on Aaron Jones. I don't, I mean, I think Aaron wanted to come back to Green Bay and uh, didn't even test the market officially in free agency. And now, Wags, we're going to be adding to this roster. And, I, I mean, it's just it's such an exciting time of year, but it's so fun to see some of these guys coming back, staying in Green Bay. Yeah, and you talked about the money. So maybe we're not going to get into the super nitty-gritty of it, but uh, all the restructures that you mentioned, by all accounts, for the most part, got the Packers to about even uh, by by – uh, most accounts, and then uh, certainly we don't know the final numbers and and what the um, uh, price tag will be for Aaron Jones in terms of his base salary in 2021, uh, what that uh, cap number is going to look like, how they're spreading that out with the signing bonus. Uh, so we'll see, but I would imagine based on how things have been structured, uh, that's going to be a low number, and they're going to push that uh, uh, into uh, most of that into later seasons. The cap is projected to grow quite a bit. Uh, there's going to be some new TV deals coming out, and certainly COVID uh, turned things back this season unexpectedly. Uh, just like a lot of other things, COVID has been able to uh, impact uh, the NFL salary cap as well. So uh, that being said, uh, what we expect to happen is uh, a Zadarius Smith extension, and that could be com- coming any time, by the time you listen to this, it could be announced. Uh, but that's super exciting, and I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that the Packers are working out an extension for Zedaria Smith. I actually expect that that move will more than probably offset the contract for Aaron Jones for the 2021 season. Uh, so uh, let's just assume that based on that impending move, I know it hasn't been announced yet, but based on that impending move, will be about even. 
Um, uh, we still have possible restructures uh, for Aaron Rodgers, a possible extension for Devontae Adams. Um, and then I think it'll be interesting to see what they want to do with Dean Lowry. Uh, those are probably three of the, the final moves that the Packers have to create a bunch of cap space. So uh, with that being said, I think it's fair, Dane, uh, at this point to say that uh, we're going to have the space to maneuver and uh, depending on who they are able to lure into free agency, uh, they've got some trump cards to play yet. Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, again, talking about this on Monday night, you know, I'm clicking refresh literally as we're doing this podcast on Twitter, uh, seeing what the Packers reporters are saying because news is breaking all the time, it seems. Uh, but one thing we know for sure, Corey Lindsley not coming back. Great career for Corey. He's now the highest paid center in all of football. Can't blame the guy. He's going to join Brian Balaga uh, out west. Doesn't have to play in that cold weather as much. So uh, really cool news for him. Jamal Williams, uh, one of the fan favorite running backs. Also, he, he uh, put out a message today thanking fans in Green Bay. It looks like uh, with Aaron Jones signing, as predicted, Jamal Williams won't be back. Tim Boyle, uh, the, the, the Packers are looking to be moving on from him. Raven Green most likely as well. Uh, it doesn't look like that was picked up. And, and then after that, Wags, we don't know, right? There's still a lot of names out there. So, um, you know, I'm curious, uh, looking at the list as of today, uh, curiously, Alan Lazard, I have not seen his name yet mentioned, uh, and he's an exclusive rights free agent uh, on top of it, but I don't believe I've seen confirmation that he has signed a deal yet. Sure, and I think the Packers are probably moving through some of those uh, decisions. They've made several, as you mentioned, on who to tender and who to non-tender. And so I, I think we're going to see them tender a couple more guys, and um, a couple of them will not be. So, Dane, I think we said before we started, um, if, if you're a fan and a listener of Lombardi's Legends, you know that we like to talk about everyone on the roster. But we've got 24 uh, free agents, and a few of them have already been signed, either with the Packers or elsewhere. So we've named a few of those. But I don't think most of you, even you hardcore folks, really need to listen to Dane and I yammer on about Billy Wynn and Jared Valdier and James Bridges for 20 minutes because we're capable of doing it. Uh, so that said, Dane, I'm going to go through our guys. and Let's just do a little game of yay or nay. And if you want to add in a little bit or you want to stop and say, hey, uh, something else about this decision, go ahead and chime in. We'll both try to do that. And let's see if we're able to actually – move through this list in a uh, less long-winded fashion than we normally would. So, let's do it. are you ready? Um, I'm ready. First up that I have on the list, you already mentioned Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Kevin King, yay or nay? Nay. Agreed. <laughs> Lane Taylor, yay or nay? Yay, if it's a uh, team-friendly, low-dollar deal. He hasn't really played a lot of football in the last two years, coming off of another injury, but I think those are both flukes. I don't think he's injury-prone. Yay, Lane Taylor. He did win starting job uh, in camp yeah. most of the last two years. It should be pointed out. So uh, I agree with that as well. Mercedes Lewis, yay or nay? Yay. Uh, yeah, he's, um, he, veteran presence. He brings, uh, a lot of intangibles to the offense. So I'm just going to say, yay. I'm going to actually say nay. I love Mercedes mm-hmm. Lewis. Uh, I just think that this tight end group is taking it to another level. We've got a lot of established and young talent coming up. Yeah. 
I just don't know if we've got a spot. Perhaps he's someone that chills uh, late into the summer, and the Packers bring him in right before camp if there's a need and they have money to do it. But at this point, I don't think there's any real urgency with Mercedes. Um, okay, moving forward and some D linemen here. Damon Harrison? Nay. No, snacks. Yeah, snacks. I, I, nay for me. Okay. And Montrevious Adams, a guy I was surprised was on the team this year. Yeah, nay. Um, nay, nay for both of them. I think that the defensive line position needs a pretty significant revamp. And, uh, uh, I think it starts maybe with clearing those two guys, um, you know. And um, it, it seemed like there was announced that Packers were not going to bring Billy Wynn back already. Yeah. Um, so Dane, do you agree with that decision as well? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he was a really good story, but, uh, again, I think they're looking to get younger there, and, um, and, and I think they're going to be leaning towards potential over veteran presence in a lot of these spots on the D line. They might, you know, free agency, uh, be poking around a, a quality veteran, uh, in there as well, but I, I, legs, I just think it probably makes sense for Billy Wynn to move on. The Packers haven't spent a lot of time invested in developing him. So I think that they really do like to draft and develop where they can. Sure. Uh, let's look, move into two guys that, you know, didn't necessarily give the Packers what they were looking for in the return position last year. Tyler Irvin and Tavon Austin. Are either of these guys coming back in mind? Yeah, nay on Tavon Austin. I think that it was what it was. It was a, a part, part year, you know, came in. Um, Tyler Irvin is a question mark for me. I'm going to lean towards May because I think that we're going to draft uh, our next return, uh, man. All right, very good. Um, we're almost through this list, amazingly, Dane. We're doing really well. Uh, Will Redmond, a guy that I think you and I both really like, but we've got a lot of, of guys in that secondary group. Does he fit, you think, with uh, Coach Barry's new defensive scheme? I'm going to say yay. I like what Will brings. I think that you bring him in and see if he can earn roster spot again. He's proven people wrong a lot in his career. Uh, this might be a chance for him to do so again. So I'm going to say yay, Wiggs. What do you think on Will? Uh, he's one of those guys that could be on the fence, but he's a veteran presence back there. It's a money thing. I think it's going to depend on kind of where they're at. And if they, you know, hit on a free agent or two, that is, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to get one of the top guys on the market uh, that's still out there, but uh, they they could be, they're already pinched. Even uh, with with some of those aforementioned extensions or restructures that are still out there, uh, I think, Will, it comes down to, is he, dare I say, kind of a luxury that they can afford? Uh, so I am going to say I would love to have him back, but I don't think in the end uh, they're going to be able to, be able to afford to do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, Dane, uh, let's look at uh, Jared Valdir. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say nay. I think the Packers yeah. are going to move on. Um, I, I think they need to get a younger and less expensive option there. Um, and then now we're going into some of our uh, – oh, I'm sorry. We've got James Burgess as our final unrestricted free agent. Uh, so linebacker James Burgess, would you say yeah. nay on him there? Nay, nay for, for Burgess. He, he's been on a lot of teams in a short amount of time. Uh, wasn't able to stay healthy in Green Bay, so uh, nay. All right, very good. So um, here's where it starts to get interesting. Uh, you mentioned one guy already that the Packers cited non-tender and, and Tim Boyle, which was not a big surprise. 
But uh, we've got five other restricted free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, T- Robert Tunyon is the headliner. I'm just going to go right out and say it. They're bringing Robert Tunyon back. We we know that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, he's going to get a nice little raise, well-deserved. So uh, be on the lookout for that and how they structure Robert Tunyon, but uh, expect him to ba- be back. Um, I, I'll be curious what you're going to say when we move into some of these other guys. Um, so first up, I've got uh, Chandon Sullivan. Uh, yay or nay, Dan? Yay. And the question is, is what do the Packers do right now? And, and Wags, I've been seeing reports that they've been active in talking with uh, with um, some DBs so in, in free agency. So does that mean they're active looking to replace Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, both? Uh, that's a big question. Uh, and then also, you know, he's a restricted free agent. So the question is, do you tag him at uh, the first round level, the second round level, um, the third, and then the third option normally would be at the the round that they were drafted in. Uh, Shannon Sullivan is not drafted, so what that does is the Packers can either tag him first round, which is round four point five million they would pay him for the season, second round, which would be like three point five, and then um, or you don't do it, you let him become technically a free agent, you try to work out a lesser deal. By doing that, though, runs the risk that he could, you know, test the market and sign somewhere else. Um, Wegs, I think you bring him back. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, $3 million is pretty reasonable for your starting nickel. Uh, and, I mean, he's still 24 years old. You know I could go on and on about Shannon Sullivan. I'm really high on him. I think that he's still developing. We've seen guys like Micah Hyde. Uh, and others, young defensive backs that the Packers have chosen to move on from, blossom in other places. Casey Hayward, now a free agent, another one of those. And I would hate to see that happen with Shannon Sullivan. I want to see him continue to develop. I want him to continue to develop in Green Bay. I think he helps this team, so I think he needs to stay. I, I agree. I don't think that you can realistically replace what he gave you uh, for less than that price tag. And yeah. he's in-house, and he wants to be in Green Bay. Uh, certainly, his play two years ago <laughs> was off the charts. Uh, he didn't quite keep it up to that level in a bigger role this season, but he's, to your point, 24. He's still young, and I think he's still getting better and better. So I I agree with that decision as well. Um, defensive line, Tyler Lancaster, yay or nay, Dan? Another guy that was undrafted. Um, I don't think you ta- I don't think you, um, you you come to terms with him. I think you let him become a free agent because um, I just I don't think the Packers would be willing to pay three plus million dollars a year for for Tyler's services. Um, but I do think that maybe you try to work him back on a lesser deal and uh, and see if he can earn a spot. So I say yay um, to, to bring him back at a lesser cost. But listen, if he can get money on the market more than Green Bay and we can't match it, then so be it. That's business. Yeah, I, I see Tyler as someone that he also plays a position of, of need in the defensive line, uh, in my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, where he's going to get paid, I'm not sure. He's similar to Will Redmond to me in a way is I'm not sure the Packers are going to be able to have the room to maneuver to bring Tyler back uh, when they could, quite honestly, uh, draft someone. And I think they should be able to replace his production um, for the amount of time he's going to be out on the field. But that's just my opinion. I, I like Tyler. I think he, he's a, you know, been a good Packer. But I think, uh, I think they're going to, be, going to have to try to move on a little bit. There's just not that much money, uh, unfortunately. So – 
So you said yay on Tyler if they could get him as a free agent. If uh, Yeah, if so you can bring him back, yeah. Raven Green, they also non-tendered. Do you see them bringing him back as a free agent? Dane, I, I no. don't. But what do you I don't think? either. I don't either. I, I, I don't I don't see it happening. I think that, you know, the injuries have just kind of caught up uh with him and I think that the Packers are gonna be looking to just um a youth movement behind their starting uh safeties. Fair enough. Um final guy there uh, is Perry Nickerson. So Dane, mm-hmm. um he's been someone that's that's um seen a little bit of action here late in the season. So what do you think about Perry? Yeah, so a bit of a special teams guy. He's fast, man. He's like, uh, like fast, fast. He's like a four two forty guy. Um, it played with the Jets before coming to Green Bay. Um, they're not going to tender him, uh, I don't think. But there, there's a possibility again. He might come back. He he got banged up, and I think that he. I think the Packers were taking a long look at him, and then he got hurt. So. The question is, did he impress the coaching staff enough that it warranted him to come back? I guess I don't know that. If I were them, and if you can bring him back at the bare minimum, then, yeah, you do that. If not, uh, I think, you know, we've got a lot of DBs that we can work with. But it'd be interesting to see what he can do with a full offseason Green Bay. For sure. Um, so then the final four guys that we have here are all exclusive rights free agents. You've named several of them, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if all four of them aren't back. That's Alan Lazard. Malik Taylor, Randy Ramsey, and Yash Nijman. Anyone that you would think the Packers would move on from this group? So all, three of the four have, um, I'm looking at it, have all uh, been tendered. The only one we're waiting on is Alan Lazard. So uh, to me, it looks like we're going to bring those other three back to all compete for spots and wags. I'm happy about all four of them if we bring them all back. I think that they're all guys that can uh, battle, compete, have all been part of this team in the past, and um, and you know you need to have guys like that on your roster to uh, win football games. So I, I think that um, they're all going to be uh, having a chance to to get some playing time in 2021. All right, very good. So um, I think that sums up the Packers free agents. Just looking at who we have on the roster, who we kind of agree uh, may come back. We we really didn't have, I think. Uh, Shannon Sullivan was our only unanimous guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other than the exclusive rights free agents and the ones we've already signed. Um, so that's interesting, Dane. But uh, when you look at the positions of need uh, and the positions that we definitely are not going to sign anyone, we know they're not going to sign a quarterback, running back, tight end, outside linebacker, or safety. Now, could they get another running back on the margins? Possibly. I don't expect that to happen. Um, you know, I think they'll just stick in the draft, uh, to, uh, to get, uh, some depth at those positions, if anything. Uh, so Dane, do you agree with that? Because that means that what we're looking at in terms of draft and free agency is cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, inside linebacker, and defensive line. Yeah, I think so. I think you're, you're spot on. Uh, and then I think also the Packers are probably going to upgrade their specialist position. Um, Mason Crosby excluded. Um, the, the one surprise wags that I could see there is another pass rusher. And I don't know why I think that the Packers have invested an awful lot, uh, in, in their pass rushers and both in free agency and with draft capital. I really like Randy Ramsey. However, 
There's something about it. I don't know why. Maybe the Packers want to go that route as well, but I think that's a, that would be my dark horse pick. But broadly speaking, I think you're spot on that those are all kind of the priority spots. And I would say um, out of those, cornerback and defensive line are kind of my big two. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. And it's interesting. There's a lot of names on the market. And with it's not like the Packers are the only team that don't have a lot of money to spend. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of these free agents. Your B and C level free agents that aren't going to command maybe the amount of money that they otherwise would have in a normal season. Are there going to be more guys that are going to be willing to take a short one-year deal uh, with a team that uh, is contending, like the Green Bay Packers? And there's other teams out there that they can latch on with. But I feel like there's a lot of attractiveness in the Packers being able to uh, pick up a few uh, guys on short one-year contracts, uh, and then they can, you know, basically prove it. And uh, hopefully next offseason it would be a win-win where they can go out on on the free market and and get that contract that they deserve. So uh, this is going to be really interesting. Dane, you're talking about an edge guy. Is there anyone in particular that stands out to you uh, when we're talking about the edge uh, free agents that are out there uh, and available as of right now? You know, that's a good question, Wags. I mean, I really see that as potentially more of a draftable position and maybe maybe not even the first round, but, you know, maybe in that in that earlier than people might expect kind of round. So looking at free agents, there's quite a few guys out there um, that can play ball. I mean, I think that the, the, the Hassan Riddicks of the world are going to be priced out of our price range, right? He just had a um, double-digit season. So I, I, I'm actually thinking probably more free agent, or excuse me, draft um, for, for that position and looking towards the future. And I actually, and this is just totally a, a gut feeling, Wag, I think the free agency is going to be more defensive line, cornerback, and potentially wide receiver as well, um, in, 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 and maybe not necessarily in that order, but there's some big names at corner, uh, and, and there's some names at wide receiver that have really popped out to me, and that's where I think the Packers might focus some of that energy. Okay, forgive me. I misunderstood you. I thought you said they might surprise and, and pick up a free agent edge pass rusher. Oh, sure. Um, so let's let's move into the cornerbacks then. Uh, yep. Dane, I'll let you highlight. If there's a, a couple of guys out there, like you said, I think there is a ton of potential options uh, in this cornerback market. That's so going to be interesting to see once the top couple of guys uh, get signed, uh, what type of uh, uh, market there is out there. But um, uh, as you look at this list of free agents in the cornerback position, um, who do you think realistically uh, would be a good target for the Packers uh, to be able to replace Kevin King on the outside and and hopefully uh, upgrade this position group overall? Well, holy smokes, Wags. I mean, if you look at at the names and just names – uh, of some of these guys, I mean, I'm going to name some of them: uh, AJ Boy, um, Patrick P- uh, Peterson, Malcolm Butler, Casey Hayward, Desmond Trufant, Richard Sherman, Janoris Jenkins, DJ Hayden, Josh Norman, J- uh, Jason McCourty, Buster Stein. I mean, like legs. These are guys, right? Some of these guys can ball. Now we know that a lot of these guys that I'm mentioning. In fact, I think all of the guys I mentioned are on the other side of 30. Um, so that's always a, a bit of a red flag. There's a reason oftentimes, folks, 
that guys reach free agency. And it's because maybe they're showing a bit of decline, maybe the team's in cap issue, uh, or maybe it's a little bit mixture of both, and, and the team's trying to get out of a contract a year early instead of a year late. Um, so, Wags, looking at this cornerback room, um, I think the fans certainly look at somebody like a Casey Hayward, former Packer, and go, well, Casey Hayward's a free agent. Uh, the issue with Casey is he plays a lot of zone coverage. I don't know how much uh, or, or that's where he's had his most success. I don't know if that's something that the Packers would um, necessarily gravitate towards. They may or they may not. Um, Richard Sherman, uh, certainly a household name for sometimes the wrong reasons if you ask Packer fans um, over the years, especially when we played against Seattle Seahawks. I, I'm uh, guilty of um, saying, you know, Richard Sherman's driving me crazy too uh, when we've had to play against him in the past. But um, he could be a guy for a year or two uh, that could really help hold down that other side uh, opposite Jair Alexander. I mean, Patrick Peterson wags. He's not necessarily the same guy he was when he was running back punt returns and doing his thing. However, that guy can still ball. I think he might be out of our market uh, a little bit there. Um, Malcolm Butler, however, might not be as as much. He he was owed nine million dollars uh, this year. Tennessee Titans said, "Nah, we can't afford that." And the open market. 31 years old, with all these other guys competing for, for jobs. I mean, I think that this actually really plays to the Packers' hands because there's so many options out here. And I know cornerback is a, uh, a, a premier position, but when you have this many veterans out there and one of these guys has the opportunity to play opposite of Jair Alexander at Lambeau Field with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I like our chances that we might land one of these guys. Now, so do I, any of these guys stick out to you? I, I agree. I think Malcolm Butler and um, Richard Sherman are the two that do stand out to me. And, and to your point, are they affordable? I don't know, but I think neither of them are really, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but I can't see either of them getting more than a two-year deal at this yeah. point. And there's ways to structure a contract that you can do a, a two-year, you know, $14 million contract that's not worth $14 million. Um, and I don't know that it would take that much to get those guys. I'm just throwing that number out there. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and really, what I like about all of those guys you mentioned, I mean, I would be honestly happy with, with, with any of those guys you mentioned, is they're, they're to me a younger version of what Tremont Williams was for the Packers uh, in his prior uh, run with us. I know he latched on here at the end of this season, but um, he spent a couple years with us uh, towards the end of his career, and and he played some really good football. I think some corners, if you're not asking them to cover the other team's top guy, uh, I think these guys can play for for a little bit. Uh, so, do I would I want Malcolm Butler as my number one corner? No. Uh, would I want Richard Sherman or Janoris Jenkins as my number one corner? No. But uh, we've got uh, we've got a lockdown corner in Jair. And so if they can come in, give you that veteran presence, um, and, uh, you know, play for a, uh, a reasonable contract, uh, for a year or two, uh, let's go ahead and, and dra- spend some draft capital on, on a corner or two in the next couple of seasons. And hopefully we can groom that replacement. Uh, I, that's, that's the way I would do it for sure. Um, as soon as, as soon as we're ready to pay Jair, uh, this guy can, can be let go. So, um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that any of the other any other names in particular stand out. Uh, Patrick Peterson's fine, but to me, um, you know, let's say he costs 
three, four million more than the rest of that group. I'm not sure that his level of play necessarily merits um, paying uh, three, four million more than the rest of that group that you mentioned. And I think that's kind of what you were driving at as well. Yeah, that's the thing is there's so many names out there right now. And I think some of it is, is, you know, production, but also how much of it is fit, right? And I actually, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Richard Sherman's a fit for this defense at this moment uh, in the Packers history. I think we are so close on defense. And I know I've said it in past podcasts, but I feel like we're right on the cusp of, of something really great. We have so many good young players on our defense. And, Wags, I mean, Richard Sherman on the other side of that, bringing that swagger, bringing um, some, some um, a lot of experience, playoff experience, uh, in addition to what I still think he can do on the field, he actually seems to be exactly the kind of guy that would make sense opposite of Jair Alexander. Yeah, and with the chemistry that we have in the locker room on that defensive side of the ball, I would have no concerns. I, In fact, I don't think he's a locker room uh, issue at all. Uh, I know that he runs his mouth a lot, and some, some Packer fans don't like that. But quite honestly, I think more Packer fans just like R- Richard Sherman because – He's played such good football against the Packers. He's been kind of public enemy number one in a lot of ways, especially during his run with the Seahawks. So um, I agree. I, I think he would be a really good fit uh, for the Packers. But, uh, again, I would be happy with pretty much anyone in that group that you mentioned. They're all right in that same age range, and I feel like they're probably going to all be right around the same dollar amount in terms of what the cost would be. So, um, so we don't have a crystal ball, but – um, I'm I'm pretty confident that the Packers are going to be trying to bring in one of those guys. Um, Dane, any reason why we would be looking for more than one cornerback, or do you think just one of those guys would probably be what the Packers are in, in their plans? I've got to think it's just the one. Uh, one. I really do. I, I just – uh, again, we go back to the business side of it and, and what's on, on tape. I would really be surprised if we moved from Shannon Sullivan. That would be the only reason at, at this point because, uh, with, with the limited amount of money the Packers have, they're going to be looking to fill a couple spots. They're going to pick and choose their spots. And I just don't see them doubling down in free agency. Um, uh, there, maybe they draft another corner as well, but uh, Wags, I think it's got to be just one guy in free agency if we dip in there. Um, but we might be able to find a quality guy with that one guy. Absolutely. So let's look at the uh, D-line, day, yeah. and, and I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. We, I, I mentioned, um, you know, Dean Lowry. They haven't made a move on him yet. I feel like he's kind of a backup option for the Packers. I, I still don't see how they're going to pay him $6.3 million this year no. is what his contract is. Uh, so perhaps he's one of those guys where if they strike out on the defensive line market and free agency, they're able to work out some type of deal to, to restructure, or uh, I don't think they're going to extend him. Um, but it seems to me like they're kind of holding on to him as, as a very backup option. Uh, they can designate him as a post-June first cut, and they'd say $4.8 million. So there's not really any rush to cut Dean Lowry until you've got replacement on the way. Uh, with that being said, when you look at this uh, free agency pool uh, with the defensive line position, are there any names in this group that stand out to you? 
certainly. I mean, I look at like the Antoine Woods from from uh, Dallas, but I believe it's looking like he may have just re-signed with them. But like Carlos Dunlap is a guy who I really have liked his career uh, a lot of his time. I think Jadavian Clowney is going to be priced out of our market. He's going to be asking for more than I think the Packers would be willing to give with his past injury history and, frankly, his production. Um, you know, I, I look away from the Ndamukong Suze of the world. I'm not really interested. But then, you know, you're looking at Tyrone Crawford and Ryan Kerrigan, uh, our guys that can play some ball. Um, you know, and, and, you know, another guy who really sticks out to me, and there was rumor uh, about him last year, the Packers had interest, is Everson Griffin, uh, the former uh, Minnesota Viking. Now, he's getting up there. He's 34 years old. However, if we're rotating guys, he might not look all that bad next to Kenny Clark for 20 snaps a game. For sure. And I had to chuckle a little bit. What would Packer fans be doing if they brought in both Indomitian Sioux and Richard Sherman? Uh, <laughs> that would be, that would be interesting. Um, I, I, yeah. I tend to agree with you. I think there might be just a little bit too much bad blood there, but <laughs> yeah. um, uh, not to mention the, the dude's 34. I think uh, he's yeah. getting up there. In terms of a, a Jadavian Clowney, not only the price, he's been, uh, what, he's been on three teams now in the last yeah. few seasons. Uh, for a guy that talented, that's a major red flag to me. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that he's someone the Packers would have any interest in at all, to be quite honest yeah. with you. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, this is going to be a position group that, you know, you named a few guys, but um, honestly, I think the Packers are going to be really on the margins. And I expect them to bring in two, maybe three guys um, that perhaps most of us have never really heard of. <laughs> um, or if we have, it's not going to be a household name. Uh, but I think we need to, you know, uh, restock this defensive line and add depth. Uh, Goody was trying to do that all season. Look at how many guys we signed throughout the season at the D-line position. So I think they're really going to take a hard look at this group, and they may not be able to spend for a top-flight defensive lineman, but I really think they're going to want to try to uh, really restock the depth, and hopefully uh, they can get a diamond in the rough or two uh, mm-hmm. that can outproduce their value uh, for a season or two. Um, another name that's out there, and I don't expect that the Packers would necessarily go down this road, uh, but uh, our old pal Mike Daniels uh, is also a free agent. And certainly uh, when the Packers moved on from him, it seemed like there was a little bit of grumbling that he wasn't the most popular in the locker room, uh, but uh, not someone that uh, would be commanding much money at this point. Uh, has had some injuries, but if they can bring him in at a cheap dollar value, uh, seemed to really uh, be uh, really integral to uh, you know the community of Green Bay. So at least there would be some familiarity there, maybe – Maybe a name uh, just to watch out for. But, uh, yeah. Dana, anyone else on the defensive line that you think? No, um, I, I don't think so. I, in fact, if I had a crystal ball, I would say we're investing more in corner and uh, in free agency and potentially draft at defensive line. But the Packers drafted a quarterback in the first round this past year, so what the heck do I know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I think they'll probably end up trying to, to get some cheaper options uh, mm-hmm. so that they at least – uh, you know, have some protection and some depth in case of injury. Um, all right, so I think another group that's really interesting that, by all accounts, the Packers seem to be linked to an awful lot of guys as wide receivers. So yeah. this is one of uh, the position groups that seems to command a ton of attention from our fellow Packer fans. And 
there are some names out here. Uh, I will caution folks that are not the guys that they once were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will also say, if you can get someone similar to that cornerback uh, for a short-term deal that can upgrade the team and that position group for this season, I really think there's a, a real case to be made for doing that. So, Dane, when you look at this wide receiver group, who stands out to you? Yeah, so Wags, I'm and I'm looking, I mean, there's a lot of guys here who have done a lot in their careers uh, in the NFL. A couple of guys that seem to be linked to the Packers um, are T.Y. Hilton, who's definitely getting up there in age, had a bit of a um, um, resurgence this past season uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, who's played there for a long time. Uh, a guy I saw today on social media there were some rumors about as well Packers having interest in is A.J. Green, the uh, longtime Cincinnati Bengals great wide receiver. He's had a ton of injuries. That one would surprise me, quite frankly, a lot more than T.Y. Hilton. I think Hilton makes more sense with this Packers offense. I'm also looking at Emmanuel Sanders, um, who was in New Orleans last season. Um, he's still productive at 34. Um, just he's a good football player. And one more that I, I'm I'm looking at. And there's a lot of guys on the on the free agent list, Wags. But a guy that I really like is Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's explosive. He can make the big play. Um, you know, we've got MVS, but uh, Sammy Watkins and MVS would be pretty darn difficult to cover at times. And there's a laundry list of other receivers out there. So I'm kind of curious, guys, that you're looking at here, but. Of the names I've listed, it seems like the Packers truly do have an interest in T.Y. Hilton. If he doesn't get priced out of the market, would not be totally shocked if he came in and filled that old Randall Cobb role. Sure. Um, One name that I'm really nervous about that was linked to the Packers before free agency started a couple weeks ago was Will Fuller. I don't know what you think about him. I, I just cannot see how the Packers could justify uh, giving him major money, considering all the issues he's had, both injuries as well as as, as with the um, substance abuse policy. Now, uh, it's it, that's that's to me. I stay away. I, I know that um, Coach Lafleur has a connection to Will Fuller and seems to really like him, but um, I'm hoping the Packers go in another direction. That's that's just not someone that I'm comfortable giving money to. Um, a couple other uh, names that's, that I think could be interesting to pick up on on kind of a, a value level is uh, Brashard Perriman signed with the Jets last year and uh, I don't think helped his value a lot, but I like take, picking someone up that is a good, been a good player, young, he's still 28 years old, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, his value is, is dwindled, but he was part of, quite honestly, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So um, he could be interesting uh, if they could pick someone up like him. Uh, Marvin Jones, a longtime receiver for yeah. Detroit, he's getting up there. But I think for as a number two receiver, uh, he's just been a really steady, consistent number two receiver for a lot of years, giving the Packers some frits, uh, quite honestly, a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, he would be a name that I would uh, be checking out. Um, another name that, that uh, is just on here, if we could go on, I named Danny Amendola. Um, he's a, a prototypical slot guy. Now, he's really getting up there in age. Uh, he's 36 years old. Uh, certainly, I don't see him as necessarily an upgrade to the group that we have, but he gives, uh, you know, potentially plays a, a different 
type of position um, that he, he kind of gives potentially a dimension that the Packers don't have. Um, is he a fit for this offense? I don't really think so. Uh, but if the Packers are serious about adding a veteran or some type of guy that they can slide into the slot, um, he's at least someone that you could keep an eye out for. Um, one other name that I, I really, really, really hope the Packers uh, stay away from, even though he's, he's been good, but mostly been pretty up and down the last few years, is Golden Tate. So yeah. I already named uh, and Dominican Sue and Richard Sherman, but could you imagine if the Packers also uh, signed Golden Tate? I don't know if I would be able to do it myself in that situation. I detest <laughs> Golden Tate. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, he maybe he could help the Packers, but I, I don't think I would be cheering for him all that much. It would be kind of a a love-hate relationship, that's for sure. Um, but uh, uh, certainly it would be interesting. And as you said, Dave, there are a lot of names out here, and I think there's going to be a few uh, that are going to be looking for that one- or two-year deal because they figure, hey, I can play with Aaron Rodgers, and if I have a huge season, I can go out and get another big contract. Yeah, and I mean, three guys, three other names. I mean, this is a stacked free agent list. Um, I think all three of these are probably going to be more than probably priced out of our range, but I'm going to name them anyway. Curtis Samuel from Carolina, uh, Juju Schuster-Smith from from, uh, Pittsburgh, who's had some uh, some nice seasons, and then uh, from Detroit, Kenny Galladay, who I think will certainly be priced out of our range, but he, he, when healthy, he, he puts up monster numbers. So just a few other guys there. And then one other guy that, though, Wags, that I think I could see in Green Bay is D.D. Westbrook. He has a, uh, a relationship with, um, with uh, Coach Hackett, uh, coming from Jacksonville. He's a tall, rangy receiver. Uh, if, if, you know, he's 28 years old, if he happened to be out there on a low dollar deal, wouldn't be totally shocked with that connection if he came into Green Bay and they kicked the tires there. That's a really good call out. Former first round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, um, another guy, kind of like the Rashad Perriman that I mentioned, uh, Jacksonville is not really known to have a top offense. Um, so certainly could be someone that you could get at a suppressed value, um, and, uh, potentially could really pop in an offense like with Green Bay. So I love it. It seems pretty apparent that the Packers, I wouldn't even be shocked. Would you, Dane, be shocked if the Packers, if they're able to bring in maybe even more than one of these guys? I I, I know that might not be realistic, but uh, if if Aaron Rodgers wants to restructure and the Packers have a little bit of cash and can, can bring in maybe a couple of these guys, I wouldn't be completely shocked at that proposition either. No, no, no. It's a really good point, and – you know, I, this isn't a position where I see the Packers drafting, you know, or at least not, not high. Um, they've got a, a win now roster, I think, to, to a large degree. And I think that they're not looking to try to develop a wide receiver over the next three seasons to become a superstar. They've got their superstar receiver. They've got their superstar quarterback. Now they're looking for complementary pieces. Oh, and by the way, we've got our superstar running back back as well. So let's find another complementary piece that can help Aaron Rodgers convert some third downs and, and, you know, let's get back in the playoffs. For sure. So, Dane, kind of wrapping things up a little bit here, you mentioned the specialist. Do you expect that to be a position that they go after in free agency, or is that something that they would also address through the draft? 
you know, I, I've got to think that's going to be a draft or potentially even after the draft position. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't tell you a lot of uh, the, the punters out there uh, <laughs> that are that are free agents and, and what they're doing. The Packers have, obviously, uh, J.K. Scott. We also have a, a, another punter uh, in from the from uh, the, the COVID um, uh, expanded rosters this last season. But, Wags, that's just a position, I think, more draft or even undrafted. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a new punter and long snapper uh, next year or at least some serious, serious competition uh, in 2021. Fair enough. Um, so I think one last position, let's at least uh, talk about um, – because, uh, you know, we can talk O-line, but I think realistically – uh, we're just going to, again, be looking on the margins and probably more of just for some depth in the interior offensive line. I think they're going to try to make do as long as uh, Bakhtiari's out at tackle with who they have. But, uh, Dane, is there a- a- any reason to expect that the Packers would really spend much on that offensive line outside of, you know, um, more of a veteran minimum type guy here and there? Yeah, well, you know, that's really interesting uh, that you asked that. So uh, one of the things that I've seen come out, this is just a few hours ago, uh, it's not sure, apparently, according to Tom Silverstein, um, not clear how much interest, but the Packers seem to have at least a little bit in um, in Minnesota Vikings center, Brett Jones. So uh, that that would be an interesting development that, that he came um, – uh, you know, if he came to Green Bay, but he would be one of those guys, I think. They they bring him in. He's experienced uh, player. He's played at center. He's also played both guard spots. That seems like the kind of thing that the Packers like to do. We obviously do that with Lucas Patrick, and Elton Jenkins seems to be able to play everywhere. Uh, so Jones, you know, he's played. I think he's 30 years old looking at him. He's played in 60-plus games. Uh, only started 17 games, but he's plays, you know, he's one of those kind of depth guys. So um, to your point, that's the kind of guy that seems to fall in the Packers' range. That's the kind of signing that would go over your average fan's head, but it's a classic Packer signing if they decide to go that route. For sure. he's Basically, you're looking for a Lane Taylor type that perhaps the Packers – maybe a little bit nervous about Lane's medical history, yep. and you're looking for someone at about that price uh, price point. Isn't necessarily going to be starting, but could be solid depth and could compete for a starting position in camp. Um, all right. Inside linebacker, Dane, do you think this is the position that the Packers try to address via free agency, or is this um, – are they just going to stand pat with who they have and perhaps go through the draft? Because uh, they let Christian Kirksey go, obviously, and, and Houston picked him up. For four and a half million a year. So, is there someone else out there that you could see the Packers going after at about that same price point? No, I, I, I actually really don't. I, I would be pretty surprised, Wags, and I'm curious your take on this. I think the Packers saw what they had in, in the two young guys in, in uh, Barnes and Kamal Martin, and if you bring in another veteran they might be kind of taking up some snaps. So throughout camp and then through some of the development there, I would be surprised. I think that they like their their core two there. I think they like um, Ty Summers as more of a, um, you know, it's kind of a a special teams leader there who can definitely fill in in a pinch as well. Um, 
I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if, you know, you, we saw any of these guys back. I mean, but maybe, maybe there's somebody like, remember when we brought BJ Goodson in a couple seasons ago? Um, somebody at that level. Goodson actually, I believe, a free agent again, had a really nice season in Cleveland, but maybe somebody uh, uh, in that line. But I don't think we're going to be seeing the Packers going out there and um, spending a ton of money on, like, a Kyle Van Noy, uh, for example. I think it would be more in the B.J. Goodson range, a guy who's a uh, lunch pail kind of veteran inside linebacker to work with the young guys as much as play, and that's if the Packers determine they want to go that route. I am in complete alignment with you, Dane, and if you look at – uh, the position groups, it seems like wide receiver and corner, uh, you could argue corner is definitely their biggest need. Wide receiver, maybe not as much, but with the number of guys that are available uh, in both those position groups, I think there's just the most value to be had there. Uh, so it makes sense that the Packers would focus their uh, attention and limited budget uh, on those position groups and then maybe picking up uh, a couple, an offensive lineman or a couple of defensive linemen on the margins. Uh, I do not expect inside linebacker as distressing as that might make a few of our fellow Packer fans. I do not expect that to be a position that the Packers spend any money in this free agency pool. So, um, with that being said, I think we've covered all of our bases. Dane, we did it. Is we there it. any other thoughts that you have headed into free agency, um, or anything else that you expect to be on the lookout for? You know, I, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I think that we, we've kind of covered uh, it. I, I'd be shocked if we if we dipped in the free agent market at any other position um, other than the ones that we covered. And um, I'm just – I got to tell you, I'm really glad that um, we were able to bring uh, Aaron Jones back uh, because, you know, I'm looking at the running back market right now and just kind of seeing – um, you know, who these guys are and who's out there. And I saw Carlos Hyde's making three, four million dollars a year for a two, you know, uh, each year for two years, uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, I don't know what Aaron Jones is, but, uh, even if Aaron Jones is double that roughly, he's well worth that. And no offense in the, to, to Carlos Hyde, but, uh, you know, I'm just happy Aaron Jones is there. So the Packer fans out there right now, Wags, that are like, the Packers never sign anybody. They just did. They signed the best running back in free agency, and he's going to pay big dividends this season. Yeah, I've come around on this. I think both of us were a little bit nervous about paying a running back, right? But when you look at where the Packers are at, I mean, their window, they've got maybe two years, let's be honest, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. And so that's – why would you let Aaron Jones walk? They're in a position to contend – for another opportunity, hopefully, to get to a Super Bowl this season. I'll tell you what, letting Aaron Jones walk certainly does not make the team better. Uh, It makes the team worse, and it's a big hole that they would have had to fill. Now they don't have that problem. And if they're able to, you know, pick a a couple of guys off this market at cornerback or wide receiver, not only are they, you know, maintaining uh, a really solid offense, uh, and this team and roster overall from where they were last season, they've got a chance to improve it. Uh, and that's exciting to me. Um, just in free agency alone, we have a chance to improve uh, this, this roster and this team off of what we were at the end of the season before we even get to the draft. So that's that's super exciting to me. And, and I am very hopeful and optimistic that this front office has 
a, a plan, and they're going to be able to go out there and execute on that. Yeah, I mean, going into this season, or this off season, there was potential for a lot of changeover, and we're just not seeing it. Right now, um, you know, with, with potential cuts and all these other things, a lot of these guys are coming back and to, to keep Aaron Jones, but also, you know, to, to, to really losing Lindsley is going to be tough. Um, and, and Jamal Williams, certainly it, it'll be disappointing, but I'm excited what A.J. Dillon was able to do in limited time, and I think he was ready for an increased role. He's no longer has to be the guy. He gets to be guy 1A <laughs> next to other guy 1A with Aaron Jones. And, I mean, I, uh, I think you're right, and it, it, we don't have this huge hole to fill. We're not going into camp with a huge question mark at an important position in this offense. We're back. We've got the band back together. We've got Rodgers. We've got Jones. We've got Devontae Adams. And I think we're going to have Tunyon back as well. We've got premier players at every major position on the offense. For sure. There's one other thing I was just going to mention is this front office is playing chess. And, yeah. and I think it's really going to be fascinating to see what happens with, with Aaron Rodgers' contract. Those the front office and Aaron Rodgers make no mistake. If you're reading through the lines, it's not exactly super subtle. Uh, it's subtle, but not super subtle. Uh, uh, what's what's been kind of being said back and forth publicly, let alone behind closed doors. What they've done with the roster, uh, how they've restructured, they brought Aaron Jones back. I am just fascinated, uh, and I wish I could be a fly on the wall in that conversation that uh, the front office is going to be having with Aaron Rodgers and his agent, because Aaron called him and said, called him out right after that game in Tampa Bay and basically threw that leverage out there. And the Packers came right back and strongly said, we're not idiots. We're bringing Aaron Rodgers back and push the leverage back. And now they push even more leverage. And it's interesting because listen, there's a lot of people out there that say Aaron Rodgers should take a pay cut for the team. That's blatantly ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers has has been underpaid <laughs> as an NFL player. When you look at how much he is, it brings to the franchise, his entire career, and he should get every cent that he can. Uh, just there's no bones about it. I, I think it's. I mean, look at you know Dak Prescott's getting forty million a year. <laughs> right. Uh, you look around the league, quarterbacks get paid. So folks, just get over that. Uh, just get over that aspect. But what I'm really fascinated by is is do the Packers want to restructure uh, and potentially that locks them into Aaron for an extra season or two uh, if they're pushing uh, money against uh, his cap number down the road. Uh, and what does that mean for, uh, you know, uh, the future of, of a guy like, uh, like love, because we already see that they're, they've got big plans to get him as the backup quarterback. He's going to get a lot mm-hmm. of reps. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him in, in camp. So there's there's some interesting things to play out between Aaron Rodgers and this front office, and I think that's going to be the main thing that I'm going to keep be keeping my eye on as much as um, any potential free agents that they do bring in. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point, and it's something that, that needs to be said is, you know, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whomever, they're trying to make sure that there's weapons on this offense. And that there's no doubt about that. And for them to be able to leverage all of this without having to restructure Rogers' contract yet 
is pretty darn telling. Now, I still wouldn't be surprised, Wags, if we see a free agent splash here or there and Aaron ends up restructuring and helping clear some money out before this is all said and done. But stay tuned, man, because this is kind of like must-see TV right now. That's exactly it. That's the brilliance of it, because they can go to Aaron and say, we can get this guy if you'll restructure, (laughs) which is just Brilliant. And uh, listen, I, I'm I'm pro player most of the time, and and uh, but you guys just love the way that Goody and Buck Ball and the rest of this front office have played this because now it's in Aaron's court. Essentially, we can get this guy if you restructure, <laughs> um, which is incredible. And I'm not even saying Aaron doesn't deserve to get. It. That's why I said, right. and from his perspective, he deserves everything he should get totally. through. Totally. So, so it's it's going to be quite a double showdown. Uh, it's not going to be an easy conversation, but hopefully the two sides can come together and say, you know what, let's make this work. We've got that two-year window, and let's figure it out after that. Yep, no doubt about it. Packer fans, you should be incredibly excited and happy. Um, these guys are right now, this front office is straight up doing everything they can to get us back to the Super Bowl. For sure. So, Dane, I think that does it. I'll be excited. I think we are planning to probably do, stay tuned for an Insta Live later this week um, to pay maybe a reaction to some of the signings that go on if the Packers do make a move. Um, I think maybe later this week or this weekend, depending on, you know, when things go down. Um, And then we've been keeping a a pretty cool interview uh, kind of in queue here for a while. So, Stay tuned for that. I think we'll hopefully have that uh, ready to come out here. It's just so much content um, is getting prepared for free agency here and doing those positional reviews. So we didn't want to push that back too much, but definitely want to put it in a slot that you guys can give it the time and attention. So um, I think that does it for tonight. Uh, thanks so much, folks, for listening. And uh, as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.